0: a parent, or run a client-focused business. Coaching skills benefit everyone and anyone who wants to communicate in a way that builds relationships. Fall in love with your life and business again. Click the link in the show notes for your invitation to join us right now. Then come back and enjoy this episode. Hey, Difference Maker, we are down to our final two Enneagram types of this series about the things you need to know about your client's personality in order to connect with them better through your coaching, teaching, and creative services. And so far, we've explored the Enneagram types one through seven, their nature, their nurture, and how their acknowledgement languages helps you connect to them through the kind of rapport and trust that you want to establish in your business relationships and for your marketing. Now, again, if you are just finding this podcast and you have no idea what the heck the nine acknowledgement languages are, stick around or go check out my book at powercoachgen.com for a more in-depth explanation. I also want to encourage you to listen to the entire series on this podcast even if you or your client are not the type that we are discussing in each episode, because I do reference other types when I am comparing and contrasting and explaining how your client might be a pseudo type. And today we are talking about the Enneagram type eight, their nature, nurture, and acknowledgement languages. So if you have a client that you think might be an Enneagram type eight, or you would like to attract type eights with your marketing, let's go ahead and dive in. It's time to stop comparing yourself to others and plug in to what is uniquely you. Welcome to Unbox Your Personality, the podcast for coaches, creatives, and educators like you who understand that your happiness makes you more effective at what you do, bringing out the best in others. I'm Jim P. Higgins, personality strategist and Enneagram fluff remover. Get laser-focused on who you are and who you aren't so you're free to make the impact you were born to make. Have fun doing it. Your personality is your business. So let's get down to business. Type 8 behaviors are one of the more recognizable stereotypical behaviors. But for true type 8s, it doesn't always paint an accurate picture of their character. And just because your client is being aggressively passionate or domineering that does not mean that there is malice intent or an unfeeling disregard of other people or other people's feelings. This is the battle that a true type 8 faces. And also, just because your client has control over their anger or they have healthy outlets to release that anger, it doesn't mean that they couldn't be a type 8. So just because a person is behaving like a type eight, doesn't mean that they are actually a type eight. You really cannot base it on their behaviors. For more context, make sure you go back to episode 13, which was the type one episode, and listen to how I explain why this is very important for you to be aware of. When you are working with your clients, you cannot assume that you understand the inner workings of their brains. You really have to develop the skill of asking good questions so that you get more context and you get more information. This is your job as a coach or a teacher or a service-based provider during your discovery calls because when you ask questions, that sends the message to your clients or your potential clients that I want what you want and you are in control of the outcome of the exchange of services here. And not asking questions can lead to assumptions that are being made, and that can make them feel controlled or irritated or misunderstood. And oftentimes, you might hear type 8s ask, well, why didn't you just ask that, when after a misunderstanding has taken place? Now, for a type 8, they have this all-or-nothing, black-and-white view to loyalty, and this can often hinge on this very skill of being able to ask clear and direct questions. Now, of course, it's going to vary depending on their stress and their health levels. But acknowledgement and validation is the reason why I love that we use the Enneagram as the foundation of teaching the art of asking questions at UBU or Unbox University. Because the Enneagram is a self-development tool and it's a community relationship tool, it allows you to first ground yourself and get yourself in a very neutral, healthy, most present state at your core, because I'm not gonna lie, type eights can be pretty intimidating if you yourself aren't, number one, already a type eight or aren't grounded and sure-footed within yourself. And even then, I've had type eight clients struggle with working with other type eights. And second, the Enneagram really helps you to guide and empower your clients or students according to their personality, especially in the emotional realm for a type eight who will often avoid being vulnerable in that way. But in general, what makes them want to work with you is that effort that you are making to show that you understand their perspective, that you understand they're, they're not being rude and they're not being inconsiderate and to give them that space to communicate what it is that they want and do it in the most direct way possible. So if you truly want to be able to help your customers, your clients, or your students solve their problems, you really must learn to ask the right questions because this is what's going to make you an extraordinary business owner. It doesn't matter what field you're in. It doesn't matter if you're an actual coach or not. It doesn't matter if you are certified or not as a coach, but having this skill really honors your client. It respects boundaries. It allows them to draw their own insights into their case or session or whatever capacity that you're working with them. And you're able to help them see their previous blind spots and that they are the authority of overcoming them. You're able to put them in the driver's seat. If you don't know for sure which type your client is, don't worry. I've got a whole list of questions to get you started that's going to help you build that rapport and help your client make progress, even if you don't know their type. And it might help you discover which type that they might be. Most of all, it's going to give you that confidence in your ability to help them organize their thoughts, help them organize their priorities, even if they already appear to know what they want and they might be a little intimidating. I'll show more about those questions later on. Now, let's talk about Enneagram Type 8s. Now, remember, Enneagram Types are based on motivations not the behaviors. And just like I did with the previous types, I'm going to be breaking this down into two categories, the surface motivations and the core motivations. The surface motivations of the type eight is to be able to pursue whatever it is that they want or need. Now, this could be selfishly or it could be generously. They might gain this through physical strengths, through governing power, financial power, And it doesn't necessarily have to be legal. If they believe that the law is stupid or unjust, you know, by their standards, then they sometimes will feel that they are above the law. But average type eights can be rule followers even as they are challenging those rules. Type eights are protectors of the weak or the unfortunate as long as that weakness or that misfortune was not within the victim's control. In other words, Type 8s are not naturally enablers. Now, however, they can be nurtured enablers, especially with people that are inside of their inner circle. Enneagram 8s are often called the challenger because they are compelled to point out or at least pay attention to any kind of weaknesses in systems or in individuals. And this can feel intimidating. It can feel oppressive to others. It can feel domineering, and even like a betrayal. But this is not intentional. The surface motivation of the Type 8 to want respect and to want honor through empires, through leaving a legacy, this helps them feel strong. It helps them feel powerful and capable, which ties into their core motivations. But any type can be motivated by being a protector or leaving a legacy or being a legend, even. So, what makes type eights different? It's their core motivations, their stress patterns, all of these things hardwire them to constantly be looking for chaos that they can put into order. Yes, this makes them feel strong and powerful and sometimes godlike. And their core fear is to be controlled or to be forced to surrender. Now, things naturally fall into a battle or a war for type 8s, even small things, which can make them appear argumentative. They see vulnerability, especially emotional vulnerability, as a sign of weakness, as something that can give their opponent a foothold into their territory or give them ammunition that they can use against them. So the only emotion that they really feel confident in showing is anger. This is part of the emotional blindness of the type eight. And another one of their nine acknowledgement languages is their fast pace style. Now type eights, much like threes and sevens, they move really fast for the purpose of acquiring. And they're usually busy being involved in several ventures at a time. Now, this is a necessity due to the need to burn off this excess energy that is created by their anger or by their passion. Now, a lot of times, type 8s don't see themselves as angry people. They see themselves more as passionate people who are wanting to make a difference, who are wanting to make an impact The nine acknowledgement languages helps you recognize this in your client, and it guides you on what questions that you should ask that's gonna make your client feel validated and empowered, even when the fact that they are juggling this tycoon-like lifestyle is what is actually making them feel weak or vulnerable, including the fact that you probably don't want to actually call a type eight weak or vulnerable to their face. So as their coach or their mentor, you've got to give them that safe place for them to recognize that within themselves without ever really talking about it outright and derailing the progress of your discovery call or your coaching session or your lesson. Now, let's talk about the nurtured type eight. This is when your client behaves like a type eight, but they're not actually a type eight. Any type that is connected to the type eight on the Enneagram symbol is naturally going to resonate with some of the behaviors associated with the type eight. For example, a type seven with an eight wing is going to be more direct and tend to elevate themselves above other people. But this is in order to be in control of their experiences, making sure that they're fun, making sure that they're positive and adventurous. Whereas for a true type eight, it isn't necessarily limited to those kinds of experiences. And for a Type 9 with an 8-wing, they're going to be a little bit more confrontational. Of course, it's going to be in a more calmer, more passive-aggressive fashion than a true Type 8 who is more active-aggressive. Type 2s in a stressful moment, they might let their sacrifices that are left unappreciated get released in a fit of anger. And Possibly say, after everything I've done for you. And this really points to that prideful martyrdom that a lot of times is associated with stereotypical type two behaviors. And type five in a secure moment or when they're integrating with their type eight, they start recognizing how much their knowledge is power and start stepping into a more active role in making an impact in the world. Now, your client might be a nurture type eight if they were influenced by type eight or someone with similar behaviors. For example, my dad is a type eight. And up until I had kids of my own, I really leaned heavily on my eight wing to the point that I believed that I was possibly a type eight before I had settled on type four. If you recall my mistyping story. Now, you would think that type fours and eights wouldn't be mistaken for each other, but both are reactive types and both have a competitive drive, especially if it's an endurance competition. Type 8s and counter type six a lot of times will be mistyped as well. Both can be aggressive, both can present themselves as angry, and both can really go after what they want or what they're trying to prove. It can also be a trauma response to being told that you're being a crybaby or that you are too weak to stand up for yourself. And you receive this message that you are what you own. Therefore, there's this overcompensation to acquire and to possess. Sometimes it's possessing things. Sometimes it's possessing people. But it is a lust of ownership. Now, there are some medical conditions and disorders that can also make a person resemble a type 8, like some personality disorders, narcissism as one example, but also hormonal imbalances. These are just some examples. I'm not in the medical field to make claims like this, but these are just behaviors. So please don't call everyone that has a narcissistic moment because we all can have those kinds of moments. Please don't call them an automatic type 8. Because your Enneagram type is not a diagnosis. It is a tool to help you find balance and help you find wholeness so that you can heal. The difference, again, is the core motivation and the default stress and growth patterns of a true type 8 are unique to that profile, as opposed to a pseudo type 8 or a nurture type 8 whose motivations and stress and growth paths are going to be different. Like I said, there's eight other different kinds of profiles. Now, when it comes to your business and you know you want to work with a type 8, you're going to want to use language that reflects that. Something like the top five ways to set up your IRA, the smart way. That's going to attract a type 8. Or skip the fluff and build a sales page in 20 minutes. Anything that's going to be direct, that's going to take emotions out of it because Type 8s make quicker decisions when they can be emotionally detached. This is the opposite of some advice that you get from business coaches to put more emotion into things. It all depends on who your ideal audience and who you want to have a conversation with. Now, if you have any questions about this or want specific examples of how to handle your own personal situation with a client or in your marketing, go join us in Unbox Your Personality. Post your question there. I would love to answer all of your questions. That link is in the show notes. Now, the acknowledgement languages for the Type 8 are going to help you and guide you as a coach or a mentor to understand what is going to get the Type 8's attention. What's going to make them feel like you get them, where they're going to see you with respect and want to do business with you. You're also going to be able to understand where they get stuck in their limiting beliefs or in their blind spots. And your job is to subtly show your client where the ladder is so that they can get out of their box, but to give them the space to be their own boss. Otherwise they're going to feel controlled. And that is so stressful for a type eight. And chronic stress is what keeps us stuck in our boxes, whether we're a type eight or one of the other types. And you can avoid adding to that stress inside of your client by helping them connect the ideas to their passion without being too intrusive into their territory so that you can earn their respect. That frees them up to trust you more in the future and be open to unboxing themselves more vulnerably. And then watch out because then they'll really unleash their power. Thank you for listening, subscribing, and reviewing the Unbox Your Personality podcast. To learn more about yourself, go to powercoachgen.com. Find out how you are different so you can make your difference.